the funny thing about the last two recordings I did is I messed up something fairly major <laughs> in each of them. Uh, the first one, I had sunlight strips across my eyes because I'm trying to look at the camera more, not down there. And the other was, for some reason, even though when I set everything up, it was supposed to be coming out of this microphone, for some reason it kicked back to the microphone on the Mac. So it's the audio was just awful in that last one. But you know what? I think I'm at the point where I don't worry about that stuff. Uh, I've written and I've talked previously a lot about the idea of the benefit of doing things when <laughs> or learning to do things when nobody's paying attention. There are technical aspects of this to where sometimes I can fool myself into thinking, I, I know what I'm doing. But doing this with video and then putting these out pretty much raw onto X is not something I know how to do. It's still new. It's still a little bit strange. But I have to admit, I, I posted about this the other day. Despite those mistakes, which I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't even care. <laughs> Oops. You know, I was more glad to get the the words out. Uh, despite those, this has felt like the most pure form of anything that I've ever done. And I'm still feeling that way. So, anyhow, the the other thing is it was bugging me that you could read the brand on there. Why does that bug me? I don't know. I didn't even bother to look what was on the board today. Sometimes I have to be careful if I put something up there and then put it out to the world. This is going to be an episode of Digital Disasters. Before we get into that, though, something that's been really interesting to me is this starting out as podcasts and then becoming video has created, I don't even know how to describe it. The way this functions is just really unique because of that. And it happened accidentally. I didn't plan on this. You know, first I started doing the, I was doing the newsletter, the creative dispatches, or disp I always say the name wrong, dispatches from creative isolation. I was doing that as a newsletter at first. And then I decided, you know what, I want to get back into podcasting. So I brought back Read or Die a Slave so that I could talk about books. And then I realized maybe I should just do <laughs> the newsletters as a podcast too because I'm enjoying it. So then I had two podcasts and then I realized that there was stuff like this where I want to talk about uh, more of the technical side of things, uh, you know, the way that things are functioning, the way I'm working with apps and stuff like that. And it just didn't feel right to put all those together. And I still think that's valid because if somebody wants to go listen to something like this, where I'm going to talk about the technical processes, then they're in for a specific kind of show. And if the next episode is about the word Satanism, they're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> or if the next episode is about, you know, my behind the scenes process and my mental process, they might be like, nah, but the reason it's interesting is I end up with these three podcasts, but when I record to do video, it's the same room, the same setup, same microphone, same hat, same face, same voice, and they're going on to the same X account. So from the video perspective, it's all just one thing. And I just think it's really interesting that it's just, and I think that the way that has kind of unf unfurled 
the way that that is just like one thing has made doing everything else easier for some reason, because I feel like I'm just doing the same thing. And on the back end for audio, it's just separating things um, for people to find them without having to sift through stuff they don't want to listen to more easily. Whereas in a social media, because it's a feed, you know, you just flip through it. It's not, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a problem. So I'm basically what I'm saying is I love what I accidentally did. <laughs> and if you are on X and you're watching this video and you follow me, you may have noticed that I'm actually being active on X again. Something about posting videos on there started to get me engaged with the platform again. And I'm just loving playing around. And I don't want to say I'm being a troll, but just kind of like poking things a little bit, just trying to have a little bit of fun. Uh, I just, I enjoy the process. I was an early user of Twitter and I've gone on and off the platform many times over the years. So coming back to it, it's, it's always been my favorite social media because of the chaos involved in it. I think people take it too seriously. If you take it too seriously, it's not fun. So just mess around, have fun. I don't know. Uh, I have my notes in front of me because the way that I do a lot of these um, digital disaster episodes, as well as the dispatches from Creative Isolation, I literally just go back through my journals throughout the week and see, okay, this one, this one's about stuff that would fit in digital disaster. This one fits there. And I just throw it all here. So now I'm like going back through, like, what was I thinking about? Uh, first of all, I think one of the problems with taking things too seriously as well with X is that you start to worry too much about how you look. This kind of takes me back to, there's a Ted talk wasn't really a TED talk because it wasn't in front of an audience, but Ethan Hawke recorded a video for TED about the idea of, um, I don't even remember what it was called, but what he was referring to in it was this television appearance by Allen Ginsberg, where Allen Ginsberg started singing, I think it was the Hare Krishna song on television, and everybody kind of jumped on him for like, why, why weren't you articulate on television? Why were you being a fool? And his whole thing was like, you have to be willing to be the fool. And that relates to this video, like doing video and not worrying about the mistakes. You have to be willing to be the fool. And I think it relates to posting on social media. You have to be willing to be the fool in the sense of like, don't worry. Um, maybe the, maybe all the, you know, the cancel and all that stuff is what got everybody worried. I know that it infected all of us. It infected me in some way. Like, can I make that joke or, you know, are 15 people going to jump on me? At a certain point, you just have to let go, you know, and just trust that, um, you know, my intentions are good. I'm just playing around and having fun. My intentions aren't too, I don't think I'm changing the world. And I certainly don't think I'm a crusader of any sort for any sort of idea, except for maybe free speech and and fun and literacy. Maybe those are like my three causes, but I'm not, they're my causes type of person. It's just the things I do are always motivated towards those things. And because of that, I can be perceived easily by any side of 
any spectrum as being the opposite. And because my whole idea is about looking at concepts instead of kind of making them your identity. What's this person saying? What's this person saying? What's this person saying? You know, like, for example, I can, uh, without even telling you anything else, like who to vote for or anything like that, I can make a statement about this person is articulate and me saying that person is articulate, suddenly somebody will translate to, oh, you're voting for that person. I could say somebody is charismatic and that will be interpreted that way. And you have to at a certain point be like, I don't care if you're going to think that, whatever. You know, I'm just pointing out an objective fact here. If you want to make it a, a non-objective fact, that's the only way you can enjoy things like social media without starting to lose your freaking mind. Um, so I'm just going to post freely. You know, obviously not completely freely in the sense that like sometimes you have to think about your words a little bit. <laughs> Especially when you're trying to be funny, sometimes you can, I don't know, I'm, I'm more prone to making mistakes with words because of my autism. I miss certain social cues, which means I miss them in myself, where I say things a certain way and people, I won't realize that people are going to automatically um, interpret something from that. I don't know what to say interpret it, that it insinuates something um, just you know like with tone I, obviously on social media you're not going to get it but in these videos you might get my tone like I might laugh when I'm saying something and people might think that what I'm laughing at is the thing that I'm saying but sometimes I'm laughing because there's this chain of thoughts that has just happened in my head you're hearing the first part but I've gone like four steps down in my head and I'm laughing at the end result um most of the time when I laugh in videos, what I'm laughing at is myself and my inability to get words out exactly the way that I want to. So, I don't know. Anyways, I'm I'm just saying X is fun and I'm really, really trying hard to say X and not Twitter anymore because personally I find it really <laughs> annoying when you go to search for something online about X and nothing comes up because the word X can mean so many things. So you have to type in Twitter just to find something. You know, funniest people on X, nothing's gonna come up. Funniest people on Twitter, you might find a year old list, which will help so that, I don't know, maybe, maybe me saying it all over and over again instead of Twitter is a way for me accepting that that's just the way things are going to be. It's always going to be a little confusing. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit of chaos. So technical details. What I've been working on this week is I, I posted, I think it was last week, I posted the picture of my, so far, what my book library is building up like in Tana, which was probably one of my most popular posts in a long time. So there's a lot of people out there that are totally into seeing what other people are doing with Tana. And I can understand that because Tana's still new. Um, it's not like Notion, right? You know, if you go to YouTube and you type in Notion, you're just going to be sprayed <laughs> with videos about what to do in Notion. And it's, it's, it's pretty much that way with Obsidian now. Tana, people are still hungry for it. 
I think if you if you really want to become like a productivity influencer, what you should be doing is making videos on what to build in Heptabase right now because there's nothing. There's like two people I can think of other than Alan Chen. Is it Alan Chen or Alan Chen? Sorry, Alan, I can never remember your last name. But he's the founder of Heptabase. He's the only one who's made videos pretty much. And there's only like four of them. And then there are a couple other people, but there's nobody doing the same type of videos that, you know, your influencers in, God, I hate that word. <laughs> your Nick Milo's to Obsidian. There's no Heptabase equivalent of that. Um, Ev Chapman for Tana is one, you know, uh, Cortex Fortura. These guys are doing stuff for Tana, but there's only a few of them. Notion, all over the place. Obsidian, somewhere in between. Heptabase, pretty much zero. So if you use Heptabase, you should be making videos to tell people how you're making stuff because pretty sure um, as that app starts to blow up, you're going to be on the top of the pile. I mean, I, I would do it myself. I just, I don't mind doing videos about how I build stuff. Uh, I just hate YouTube. <laughs> I just don't like the way they run their business. So I just don't, I try to avoid being involved with them as much as possible, which is why this is on X. Speaking of which, I am open to the idea if those of you out there are really into the technical details, and I will get around back to my initial point here when I started with Tona, but I'm I'm very willing to do um, desktop recordings about some of the stuff. For digital disaster episodes, I could do some desktop recordings like, okay, guys, if you really like this book library thing, I can walk through how I built it if that's something you're interested in. Um, I can also do it for this, which is the point that I've always been going around to, which is uh, my daily page. I just finished building my daily page. So far, these are always tentative. With these apps, right, we're always at a tentative place with these things. They're never perfect. We're always looking to improve them. I am in a good place with my today page. The only reason I'd be hesitant to do my today page is, number one, it's not that fancy. Um, but it does have some features, but the features that people will be most interested in, which are going to be the retro or the flashback features, as I call them, or look back features, actually I use both of those terms in it, where it pulls up random notes from the past. I didn't figure out how to do that. Um, Cam in the Tana community is the one who taught me how to do that. She taught me how to do it over DMs on X and actually, you know what? Let me go over here real quick. I want to give you guys Cam's screen name because life made more, all one word. So at life made more. Cam is awesome. Uh, she shot me. She taught me how to get in and debug things in the menu so that I can get these to pull up every day to pull up random things. So like I have a random. I have a tag, a super tag in Tana that does memories. These aren't current memories. You know, like if I went somewhere today, technically in real life, what I'm making is a memory, but 
the reason I use the memory tag or the way that I use the memory tag in Tana right now is when I remember something from the past, something that's not going to be in Tana because, you know, it's like 1996. All of a sudden I remembered something from 1996. When I remember those things, I put them in Tana and I tag them with memory. And two reasons for that is number one, uh, it's good to write down memories that are from the past that haven't been written down because you don't always remember those things. So that's a good way to start cataloging them. Hold on one second. I have the ringer on my watch on and it's gonna beep for some reason always. The other reason I think that I use the memory tag and I haven't done it yet, but this is what I'm hoping will happen. This is still kind of a new thing is that as I re-encounter these memories from the past, I may remember more details so I can continually keep adding to them. And hopefully over time, what starts out as one sentence that I remembered about an event, I might have 20 sentences. And then all of a sudden I have a more comprehensive um, memory. I, you know, I have a more comprehensive record of that memory that I've been able to remember over time when I happen to remember certain more details. As well as if it pops into my mind again, I can always pull up and add to it. It doesn't have to just be when it's put in front of me. So the memories, I will have one memory show up on my daily page, one random memory um, for the hope of looking at it and going, oh, I remember something more about it or just kind of remembering it like, oh, yeah, that was funny. I forgot about that. Like, for example, I have one right here. There was a bar that uh, was not too far from my house in California. My friends and I, we didn't go there often, but we went there once and we were, we were feeling pretty good. We had plenty of drinks and I was sitting outside and there's this wall, this back when I smoked cigarettes, so this is, means this was like 15 years ago, probably this short wall, maybe a foot, two foot high wall. And people were just sitting on it, smoking cigarettes or, you know, like people who are too, too hammered were outside getting some fresh air. And I was sitting there smoking a cigarette and next to me was this guy and this girl. And it was very obvious that they were on a date. And I was just kind of, I wasn't eavesdropping, but they were literally like less than a foot away from me. And they were loud because, you know, people were drinking. And I could tell just from their conversation, like, oh, they're on a first date. And I don't know why they started talking to me. Maybe they bummed a cigarette off me. I don't remember they started talking to me. And I was in a feisty mood and I decided to, <laughs> that I was going to tell them that I was psychic. And basically I had been just kind of, this is an autistic trait for me, but I'm, I'm good at like reading people, not psychically, but like just like reading body language and making assertions from things that they're saying. And of course the first one I made is, Hmm, you guys are on a first date. So anyways, that was the memory here. I don't remember more details, but maybe in the future, I'll be able to add to that. Like right now, when I just retold that now, I added more details. So when I'm done with this, I should probably go in and add those details to that so I can let that build over time and then I'll have more of a comprehensive memory. Um, it's good from a personal perspective, an enjoyment personal perspective, but I also find that if uh, I ever want to work on a piece of fiction. These are the type of things that I can draw from and fictionalize as well. 
So what else I added was I added a look back section, which is where it's gonna pull up a random day from my day tag. So, you know, every day that we put in here has a day tag. And then I can look at, instead of, I, I don't really like the, this day last year, this day last month, this day, because it's, it's too many. And there's no way to say this day every day in the past. As far as I can tell, you have to say, um, show me this day one year ago, show me this day two years ago, show me. Th it's just too much. And especially considering when I'm going through old journals, which I'm doing very slowly over time, I'm putting them in Tana. So when I'm done, I may have stuff in here going back 15, 20 years. I'm not going to put 20 of those in my daily. So what I do is I just have it pull a random day from my day tag. For example, today it pulled up October 31st uh, this year. Yeah. So it pulled up Halloween this year. So th that allows me to open that up, you know, expand it and then look at what, what's in there. What do I have in there from that day? You know, what, what notes did I make that day? What tasks did I do that day? Just kind of refresh. It's a great way to just, I don't know. I think that going back and looking at stuff from the past, especially from a random perspective, I think random is underrated. Um, the serendipity of things is important, but it also just refreshing things in your mind. And speaking of refresh, that's the name for the next section I have. There's another tag that I use in here, which is called insight. And this is when I realize something and I'm like, oh, that's an insight. That's something, an insight is different than a concept or an idea, all of which are, essentially things that I use in different ways in here. And insight usually almost always revolves around something about my life, living my life, how to live my life better, or how I've lived my life poorly. So an insight is something I want to return to these insights because sometimes we have these things like, uh, what do I have for today? Uh, we're gonna go into this. This is actually one of the things I wanna talk about today. It's, we'll talk about it next, actually, but I'll tell you the insight to give you the example. The insight is that I need to live my life more as an experience and less as something to be optimized. That's something I want to be reminded of. You know, be it maybe it pops up in a week, maybe it pops up in six months, but to see that again, I can stop and I can go, oh crap, I'm optimizing my life again and I'm not experiencing it. Things like this. So that's what the insight's for. I just have. For all three of those, I just have it pull up one a day. Um, same with the next one. This is uh, something I call ponder. Ponder is, actually I have something in the wrong section here. Hmm. Yeah, that's in the wrong section. I'll have to fix that. Ponder is related to the pondering tag. And a pondering tag is um, it's different than a question. A question is something that I'm looking to have a definitive answer to. So, uh, for example, you know, what year did George Washington get married? For some reason, maybe I'm reading something and I need to know that, or I'm interested to know that in a future point. I would put that in as a question. I use curiosity instead of question, though, so it doesn't always have to be a question. But ponder is something that may never have an answer but something that's a question that's worthwhile thinking over. Um, like what I have here is just a terrible example. <laughs> I 
something you could ponder though is like am let's how about if I've, if i didn't have that insight maybe i would have had a ponder that said am i experiencing enough in my life or am i letting it go by too fast i'm never gonna have a definitive answer to that but that's something that every time it pops up i can go hmm let me think about that and i realized that in some way those two things might be pretty similar to you except you know one is in a sentence the other one's in a question structure but ponder catches different stuff it doesn't just capture stuff about my life and living my life it can be um ponderings about larger questions you know like the topics that i like to study um something i could ponder is does architectural does architecture and urban planning um have a long-lasting effect on the lifestyles of those who live in cities and towns. I'm probably never going to have a definitive answer to that, but that's something I might want to think about over and over again. And it might lead me down paths of research or it just might lead me to insights. So that's what ponder is there for. Then we have revisit. Revisit is just going to pull up media that I've vlogged, movies, books, podcast episodes. It'll pull them up. It also pulls up books that I have on my to-read list. So it's just going to pull up three pieces of media for me a day, and I'll look at them. And I can either, if I have um, notes about them, you know, maybe it's a podcast episode. I look at it and go, oh, I forgot about that. Maybe I want to go re-listen to that. If it's a to-read, a book to read, I might look at it and go, you know what? I'm probably never going to read that book. I don't think I want to read that book anymore. I'm not interested in that topic anymore. It gives me an opportunity to remove it from my system. So it's a way to put the media in front of me in a way so that I can continually um, be interacting with them and making sure that not only am I refreshing them in my mind, but I'm also um, cleaning things out. And then comes review. And review is going to pull up what I call cards. Cards are concepts um, from either concepts that I've come up with myself or concepts um, from other people's thinking. The reason I use card, number one, it's a nod towards Zettelkasten, but also I don't do the permanent note, literature note, fleeting note thing. I don't, I don't see any utility in that. I think it's just process for the point of process. Um, for me, an idea is an idea. And you don't know whether an idea is good or not, or, you know, worthy of promoting like that, that those three things are kind of about promoting ideas. You don't know whether an idea is worth promoting until you have the proper context. If something never has a context where it's of use, then yeah, it's never going to move up. Um, so instead, what I do is I put the cards in and then I tag them with a the topic. And then when I'm thinking about a topic, I go over the topic and go, okay, what cards do I have? So it's just a different way of dealing with things. That's how I deal with them. So it's going to pull up three cards for me for the day. This is not only to remind me of things in here so that nothing ever gets lost. I never forget the good ideas that I discover in reading and interacting with media, but it also gives me the opportunity to have those in my mind because in some way they might influence what I think later in the day. Or I may be thinking or typing something in later in the day and look up and go, Oh, that, oh, these two things connect. And if it wasn't sitting in front of me, I might not have made that connection. So all of this top section is all about serendipity for me, serendipity and refresh and reiteration. These concepts, super important to me, far more important to me than anything else. 
including productivity. I don't really do much task management. <laughs> I don't. Um, I can talk about that more. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. I'll just tell you that I don't do any dated tasks in Tana. Anything that's a task that I tag as a task in Tana is just something that could be done. I might do it. I might not do it. So the next section here is just a, it's just an, a live search for open tasks. And then I can browse through there and see if there's anything I feel like doing. Then I have the section, this bottom section of my today page. Um, I think maybe I should post a picture of this in this, in the post for, uh, for X. So if you're listening to this in audio and you want to see a picture of this, you're going to have to click the link in the description to watch the video, which will take you to the post on X. And then I'll have the picture. It'll either be in the same post or it will be in, um, one of the tweets below, you know, where you can do a thread so you can look at it. It's not much to look at, but maybe looking at it will help you understand what I'm talking about a little bit more. So it's really three sections. There's those, that top section where's all that stuff from the past coming up randomly. Then I have the live search in the middle for open tasks. And then my bottom is where I input stuff for the day. This is where I'm putting stuff in. So I have a section for activity log. This is if I go anywhere, that's it. Just if I go anywhere, I do anything. Um, you know, if I, uh, if I have to make a phone call about a bill, I'm going to put that in the activity log. If I go to lunch with my cousin, that's going to go in the activity log. If I, uh, go to target activity log next one's personal thoughts. Personal thoughts is literally just a section that I put in here because sometimes there are things that I type into Tana that I don't have a super tag for. I'm like, I don't know where this categorizes, but it's a thought that's in my head. Personal thoughts. Gives me a place to throw them. Workflows. This is when I have any thoughts about workflows. This is what I pull mainly from when I sit down to do these episodes, digital disaster episodes. And then cards. So any cards that I create throughout that day, they go here. And I think I do my cards or Zettelkasten backwards or different than most people do. I see a lot of people put header for the, you know, like for example, this is the podcast episode I'm listening to, and then here's the idea. I actually just put the idea and then I put the source underneath. So I actually, my cards live there. I never have the actual, um, the actual media as a top level. So these things aren't indented. The cards are just in the card section. And then I, I put the source of where I got that idea. And then anything under that is anything that I'm going to, um, that I'm adding for the day that doesn't fit into one of those things. So like if I have an idea for a project or something that goes down below and just the normal open space gets tagged with idea. And yeah, if I create an episode like right now, I'll prep my, have my prep notes and then afterwards I'll tag this and then that'll show up in my, my search. So that's that's kind of where my today today stuff is, and um, pretty much the majority of it I finished yesterday. So, so I, can't, I can't even tell you how's it working. I don't know. Today it worked great. <laughs> so I imagine it's going to be great. I've done to a certain degree almost all of these concepts I have done before 
um, not just in Tana. I had um, random searches, stuff like this done in Rome. I had random searches, stuff done like this in Obsidian. So I actually prefer this to what was my favorite feature in Obsidian, which maybe is still my favorite feature if I'm using Obsidian, which is the random button. Just show me something random. Um, LogSeek does it too. Just show me something random. Show me a random page, show me a random um, day. I prefer this because I have more control and I can actually make sure that I'm getting certain kinds of concepts like show me a random memory, show me a random day, show me a random insight. And I can have all of those. So I'm digging that. Um, what do I have next? Okay, back to the insight that I said earlier. Do I have more notes on this? Yes, I do. Okay. I said that I need to live my life more as an experience and less as something to be optimized. This has a lot to do. It seems like what I just talked about, like this whole building this complicated thing in my page. But the whole point of this daily page is to experience those things and not spend a lot of time searching for stuff to think about, to put stuff in front of me. Uh, the metaphor for this, that what I think is really helpful is newspapers. Back in the day, you know, like when people actually read newspaper, it come in the mail. My grandfather was one of the people that would read the newspaper from cover to cover. And I think what he was doing is he wanted to keep up on the news, but then once you get past like that first section, the newspaper and maybe the sports section, Everything after that, as far as what you encounter for you, is essentially random. Ads, obituaries, this is stuff you can't plan for, stuff you know you don't know is going to be there. And you encounter it because it's there in front of you. You don't have to react or interact with it. You can scam through it. You can jump over the crossword puzzle, but it's there. So in a way, that's what this functions as for me. Uh, but the reason I initially wrote that I need to experience more and let worry less about optimizing things. It goes back to this, my, my Apple watch, which I, I do love. Um, I can't believe they can't sell these in America right now. It's just bonkers. I don't know what is going on right now. Uh, <laughs> it's just so strange to me, but sleep stats is where I'm going with this. I've been tracking my sleep for a long time. Um, even from before doing this, I was trying to track it with a phone app and stuff like that. And I was listening to infinite loops, the podcast, infinite loops. And Jim O'Shaughnessy was talking to George Mack and I hope it was that conversation. Pretty sure it was somehow the idea of sleep stats and how he doesn't track his sleep stats came up. And it was something that I'd been feeling. Then I heard Jim say it and I'm like, oh, that's what I've been feeling. I've had this weird experience where, first of all, I never get eight hours of sleep. I could be in bed for like 10 and a half hours. I'll still get less than less than eight. I don't know what it is. But I would, sometimes I would wake up and I wake up and I feel great. I'm so rested. I must have slept really good last night. I must have got a lot of deep sleep last night. And then I'd either on my phone or on my on my watch, I would pull up my sleep stats and look at the graph and be like, oh, I only got six hours and 18 minutes last night. And I was only in deep sleep for 15 minutes. 
and I woke up eight times. And all of a sudden, I was feeling great. Now I feel like crap just because of this stupid little graph. And then on other days, I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, God help me. I feel like somebody beat me with a bat. What an awful night of sleep. And then I would look and it's like seven hours, 46 minutes. So I was spending all of this energy and time trying to rectify how I felt with what data was being presented to me. And I realized, you know what? I only need to optimize my sleep for one thing. Do I feel good in the morning? That's it. If I wake up, I feel like I had a good night's sleep and I have a good day because of that, then I'm doing fine. Maybe my body didn't need eight hours that night. Maybe it only needed seven hours and that's why I feel good. Maybe I needed nine hours. So seven hours and 46 minutes wasn't enough. So I should have slept in. I should listen to my body more, experience more and worry less about freaking numbers on a dumb device that you can't even buy in America anymore. So that's where it started. And then it moved on to the move ring. I have been having the worst time with this move ring. I don't like gamification of exercise. I don't like it. I don't like being told I had a perfect week for 40 weeks in a row because then the one week where it's Christmas and I don't want to walk for six miles today, I have to worry that I'm going to lose my streak. Who cares about my streak? I do apparently because I was worried about it. So what I did is I took it off there. I took it off this, the um, complication off of the face of the watch. I don't care about my move ring anymore. I don't care about how many calories I burn. Which doesn't mean I don't want to exercise. What I put here is a step counter. And the step counter has one purpose. Just to remind me that I'm, without even trying, just my normal habits, that I always get over 10,000 steps. I like walking. I like walking the dog. That's actually a note that I put down here, but fits here. I realized the other day, my long walks with the dog. So I was I was listening to something and I started thinking about podcast time and music. I don't know if it was even something that was said in what I was listening to or if it just popped in my head. But I was thinking about like when I was younger, one job I used to have is I used to drive a delivery truck for a catering company. And actually, when I was driving that delivery truck for... for uh, for catering was when podcasting was start first starting to like hit not this was pre-serial even you know most people think of serial as like when podcasts went went mainstream but there was an actually a, a a jump before that that a lot of people don't forget and that's when joe rogan started getting popular when tim ferris's podcast first came out you had the nerdist you had stuff you should know um you had mark Marin, like those those were like the big five right and those were the, those. That's what I was listening to in the catering van. I would listen to those five. Somehow I found those, and then uh, I listened to so much stuff, and I learned so many things. I and I would listen to audiobooks in there too. And when I was walking the other day, I'm like, man, I got so much value out of having drive time. And then I started thinking about people who who commute and how 
they can because of podcasts they can get value in commute time instead of listening to those stupid radio shows where they make lame like dick and fart jokes and they you know they make noise i don't know these lame radio shows that they used to do in the morning the morning drive time morning drive time some kind of horn weird noise yeah lame uh, so instead, they could listen to podcasts. And for a second, I was like, man, am I missing out because I don't have to drive anywhere? And then I realized, oh, walking the dog is my commute time. I work from my home, but I walk the dog. I do at least five miles a day. And I listen to things when I do that. That's my commute time. So I don't have to worry about going back to the step count. I don't have to worry about getting my steps because you know what motivates me to get my steps? I enjoy it. And that is the strongest motivation for exercise, for anything. I think there's a quote Tiago Forte said. He's not somebody I quote very often, but he said it's hard to compete with somebody who's having fun. And I think that applies to yourself too. You know, why... Why do we lay on the couch? Why do we want to play video games? Probably because there's something about it we're enjoying. So if you want to not do those things, you have to find something you enjoy more than those things. It's not that you need more discipline. Discipline's good. Discipline's important as well. But you don't need it for everything. You don't need to optimize everything. Sometimes you just need to find a better experience. So I don't have to worry about the step count. So when am I going to, what's going to motivate me to do my kettlebell and what's going to motivate me to get on the exercise bike and, and do zone two exercise desire enjoyment. I actually enjoy doing those things. I just don't always enjoy them in the regimented time that I set forth. So if I don't do the exercise bike three days a week, but I do it two days a week and both times I do it. I enjoy it. I feel good when I'm done and I don't worry about how many calories I burned. That makes it more likely that I'm going to get on it again. And that is more important than making sure that I burned exactly 600 calories and I sweated for two hours on a on a bike. It doesn't matter if I do 15 kettlebell swings or 10 kettlebell swings. It doesn't matter whether today I decided to do the Turkish get up or I didn't even though I almost always do Turkish get up because it's my favorite exercise. What matters is I enjoy it. Like Turkish, if I'm going to do anything with a kettlebell, it's almost always the get up because I enjoy it. So optimizing for enjoyment and experience instead of anything else, that's where I'm going. And thinking again, like, should I be writing a journal and paper again? We'll talk about journals more, but that's one of the things that came up in this. Another thing I'm trying to do is ignore this thing until I'm done with my morning routine. Do my morning routine and then look at this. Not because I think this is, I I don't get into the whole this is unhealthy and you shouldn't be looking at that, that first thing in the morning. It's just I want to optimize the experience of the morning. And the things that I do in the morning are about being present and not looking at something else. So like, for example, in the shower, one of the things I like to do, I like to close my eyes. I like to feel the water. I like to experience it. 
So by trying to ignore the phone for a little bit, I can do whatever I want with the phone for the rest of the day. I'm not going to give myself any guilt about screen time or any of that stuff. But just wait until I pick it up. That's all I'm trying to do. So when I talk about morning routines, the one thing that this is the big idea I had today, or I say these things like I just, I thought of this today. This is stuff that builds up over time, right? You never have this idea of like, oh, this is the way things work. It's been something you've been building in your mind forever. Then all of a sudden you get the last piece. You're like, oh, there it is. Okay. That's what the whole thing means. Oh, okay. I was originally calling this thing task cascades. Hard to say, first of all, but not accurate. It's action cascades. It's not about tasks because tasks make you think of lists and productivity. This is just about actions. And when I say action cascades, what I mean is something similar to like an avalanche. It's, I said I don't do really task managers, especially for like, um, you know, like for the podcast. I don't have a project with, you know, like, okay, record episode, check, edit episode, check. You know, I don't have like a checklist for the episode. It's all here. And the reason it's all here is there's no, there's no cognitive load for it being here because I've arranged it into a cascade. Not on purpose, this is kind of how I discover things, but this is how things work best. Two examples would be the podcast and the morning routine of Cascades. Since I brought up a podcast, let's start there. All I need to focus on is one thing, to make sure that I record podcasts and put them out. All I have to focus on one thing is ideas. That's it. Follow ideas. I have this idea, I read this idea, what do I think about this idea? Think about it more. Let it stew. Think about it more. Just let it keep building pressure, like filling up a balloon. And eventually it reaches a certain point where there's pressure. And I'm like, ah, I got to do something with this idea. Then I record an episode. I don't have to force myself to record the episode. I don't have to worry about scheduling and, and timing because I know that eventually if I'm following ideas, eventually I will want to record an episode. And then once I record an episode, I'm usually proud of it because I got my ideas out. I got words out. I did it. So then I edit it. And I, I do very minimal editing now to make this even easier to optimize the experience so that's not a miserable experience. But I edit right away. When I finish recording, I almost always I edit immediately. I don't let it sit around because it's just it's something that naturally happens. I record it, I want to edit. And when you edit, what do you want to do next? Post. I don't schedule it, I don't do anything. I go over, I put it in, and I post it. Whenever it is, that's when it goes out. I probably will alter that a little bit because I used to post things late at night, which is fine for podcasts, videos, and X. Not so much. You know, if nobody's online, nobody's gonna see it. But for the most part, that whole process happens if I focus on one thing. Everything else cascades afterwards. I don't have to break that out into steps that I check off. Because if I do the one thing, then all the other things happen because they're all part of one thing. Morning routine can be the same way. I wake up. What usually wakes me up in the morning? My cat. Sometimes the dog, but usually my cat. He likes to lay on top of my head or lick my eyelashes or 
push on my face with his paw. One time he went up to my wrist and tap, tap, tap on my wrist. Like, hello, hello. <laughs> so I wake up. What is the first thing I'm going to do? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is for, say hello. Good morning to the cat. Good morning to the dog. But then I'm going to deal with the reason that he's waking me up. He's hungry. So the first thing I'm going to do is feed the animals. And then when I'm done with feeding the animals, I'm going to go back into the room and I'm going to get my clothes for the day. What clothes do I want to wear for today? Oh, while I'm in here, you know what? Let's make the bed. It's right there. Make the bed. Oh, you know what? Let's open the window. Open the window. Go around. Open up the rest of the windows. Get some sunlight in. Okay, now I have my clothes. Let's go in the bathroom. Go in the bathroom. Gonna shower. Gonna brush my teeth. Gonna floss. Gonna do put on my deodorant. Gonna do all those things because they happen all together in a cascade. And when I'm done with that, what am I gonna do? Well, now I'm dressed. Animals have eaten. I better take the dog out to go to the bathroom. While I'm at while I'm there, let's take this mug. While the dog's out going to the bathroom, let's make a cup of coffee. Take the cup of coffee. Now I have this nice warm cup of coffee. You know what I really want to do? Sit down at my desk and see what pops up in those searches in Tana and start thinking a little bit for the day. Start focusing ideas. Oh my gosh, if I'm suddenly focusing ideas on ideas, I might just end up with an episode. So a cascade can lead into another cascade. Far more important than checklists. I don't need a checklist for any of that. That stuff happens automatically because that's my life. That's where my interest is. That's where my enjoyment is. That's where my mind naturally drifts to. And that's the sequence of events that naturally lead into each other. And I think that's far more important than any, any productivity. Build as many action cascades as you can into your life. Screw task apps. If I had a friend who used to tell me, he's like, if it's important, I'll remember to do it. If it's not important, I'll forget. Now, I know that there are people out there have a lot of uh, more complex things to deal with. You know, like if you run a business, that might not work. But for the average person living a life, especially even as a creative, you might not want to follow that 100%, but it's something you should keep in mind. And one way to do that is to build action cascades and stop worrying about step-by-steps because step-by-step, you just, you're metering out your life and you're not experiencing it. And I've been doing it. So it's advice to me and to you. Try it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it only works for me. I don't know. I'm not a life coach. The hell do I know? All right. What else do we have here? I'm trying journaling in the morning where I focus on thinking. Oh, yeah, this is an interesting one. So one of the practices that I've always found in the past very helpful, but very hard to continue for a long time. And no, I'm not going to say meditation, even though that's almost always what people say when they talk about meditation. Morning pages or journaling even. Let's just leave it more general. Journaling. Amazing practice. Get so much out of it. One of the problems I have with morning pages slash journaling is I put all of this stuff onto paper and it's so much more enjoyable to do it in cursive because I can pull out the fountain pen and it just flows a lot better and I can write a hell of a lot faster, which which means I can almost keep up with the speed of the thoughts that are coming out. Excuse me. 
But in the process of that, you know, the, the idea Julia Cameron says with morning pages is you're just supposed to fill them out and then throw them away. But the problem is sometimes you have these really great insights and it would drive me nuts about morning pages in particular is I'd have these wonderful insights and I'm like, wow, that explains so much. But then it was gone, <laughs> you know, because I'm on to the next day and here's this next realization. I don't think it's enough to have realizations in your life. You have to have realizations and you have to review them. You have to remind yourself of them. Because even the most important insights, like in my my tag here, get forgotten. And you have to remind yourself of them. So having them buried in here is awesome because when I croak, people can find all these and think I'm super cool, but who gives a shit because I'm because I'm dead. Or I can find a way to do it in another medium. And I don't want to sit here and type it. I, I'm not a great typer. I've, I've tried to make that like this. Oh, this is my problem. I'm going to deal with it. Let's take some, let's use some of these apps to teach myself how to type. It's just, I don't think the same way when I type like that either. When I, that's one of the reasons I like apps like Tana out, outline based apps is because I think differently in outline. And in some ways it functions, my brain functions similar to how I would writing on paper. You know, I, I write, how can I put this? When you sit at a journal, you have one idea, but because you're writing on the page, for some reason, the idea goes further. It's almost like um, blocks are broken down. You just end up writing more than you were, you thought you were thinking. And a similar thing happens in outline-based apps that doesn't happen in non-outline-based apps for me. So in that way, it's similar, but it's not an enjoyable process because uh, when I, it's just a different way. I don't want to go into that too much. So what I've been trying and testing out this week is instead of worrying about capturing every thought that I have, instead I'm sitting, giving myself a specific time and sitting and thinking and not writing, but just sitting and thinking. And then when I get to the end of a thought, when I have a conclusion, writing just the conclusion down, maybe I don't need to write the whole process down. Maybe I just need the last part. Um, so I'm trying that. Maybe I can just capture the last part, put them here, and then at a later point, put them into Tana. That's something I'm trying. Another thing that I've tried, uh, I haven't been doing it this week, I might play with it again, is journaling, doing voice transcription. I like this, even though, once again, I do, the output ends up being, or the, the result ends up being different. Um, I talk differently than I write. I think differently when I'm in each medium, as, as as you should. Mediums change the way we interact. That much I don't mind, but what I do have a problem with is cruft, I guess would be the word. A lot of talking out loud in a journaling voice transcription type manner is not getting to the point. There's a lot of dancing around and trying to stumble your way into things. So 
for every 30% that's valuable that you would keep, 70% is just kind of fluff or cruft. It's just you don't need it. So you do the voice transcription, a long voice transcription in Tana, but then you're end, you, you know, say you end up with like 300 bullets. You probably only need like 30 of them. So now you have two choices. You could either leave all the stuff in there that you know you don't want that you're never going to use and not worry about it, which bothers me. Maybe it's an OCD part of myself. Or you could spend the time to go through and delete one by one all the stuff that's in there, which makes it really unenjoyable. So I'm not I'll play with it again, but I'm not I don't think that's the way for me to go. Generally, what I do for the voice transcription is when I'm thinking about one idea and I just want to brainstorm on one idea where there may be a little fluff, but I'm focused more. Whereas a morning pages or journaling thing, I don't know where I'm going. And the purpose of it is actually to get rid of fluff and cruft. Um, So you wouldn't want to remove that from the process. You wouldn't want to do a morning pages voice transcription where you don't do that because that's kind of the point of it. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that. I think the thinking and just writing down the conclusions is probably the best version, both from an optimized point of view, which I know I said we shouldn't be focused on too much, but also from an experience point of view. It is more enjoyable to just sit with my thoughts and to think and then go, oh, that's good. Write it down. So that's probably where I'm I'm going to go. Another thing I'm going to try, and I, I... I hope somebody else tries this and lets me know what they think. Uh, Do I have an example here? I do. Okay. So for those of you watching in video, we're talking about something like this. So take a look. You can see that it's probably backwards for you, but these are notes that I make when I read a book. For those of you listening in audio, what we're seeing is a four by six index card in portrait view and in kind of a yellow ink. We have page numbers, and then next to it in blue ink, we have uh, one to five words. And it's usually just what on that page caught my attention, a reminder of that, okay? This is generally how, for like the last year, how I've taken notes when I'm reading a book. What I've been testing, and I've only done it twice so far, and it's made some interesting results, um, both good and bad. Instead of doing that, reading a book and having my phone next to me, <clears throat> excuse me, with the Tana app, Tana Capture app, and when I hit something on a page, making a short voice transcription, you know, like page 236, there's a section here about how things having no context, the way that we lose context when we move things from this medium to that. End of note. And then those are going to go into Tana. And I just think that might make some make for some very interesting book notes. And it's a really interesting way to get away from what I think is actually a detrimental. Um, I hate to say this because I do like the, the apps that do this and the people who make these apps. But I think apps that curate highlights are not beneficial to us because we're just dealing with other people's thoughts and we're just being refreshed other people's thoughts. We need to be taking those thoughts out of the context of the book and we need to be putting them into our knowledge. So being refreshed of of other people's quotes instead of our take 
on those quotes is not as beneficial as we think it is. And what it ends up leading us to is uh, becoming people who trade quotations instead of thoughts. And there's a word for that. Trivia. Um, which is related to the word trivial. So that's not for everyone. That's just my feel on that. And I hate to say that because I do think that those apps are beautifully built. And if used properly, like if you're a researcher and you're going through um, a PDF, you're going to have to do what I'm talking about. That's part of the process of you doing your um doing your work, your research. But for the average user, what it ends up becoming is this. That quote, come, I get to read that quote again. And ooh, I like that. Maybe I'll post it. I don't know that that's adding to our knowledge base at all. So this gets me further away from that type of, not this, I'm sorry, the the voice transcription version version of this and this as well gets me further away from that because now I'm I'm not I'm not highlighting I'm actually letting go of the exact wording there and I'm just saying what's on the top of my mind which later I might look at and have to clean up so now I'm getting even further from it and it's moving more into me and my thoughts uh, the reason I think about this stuff is because when you think about writing a book which book would you read would you read the book from the person who read a bunch of books and took those ideas and um, synthesized them into their own thinking and then wrote a book about their thought, which at times references other people's work? Or would you read a book where somebody's just like, well, on page 33, uh, Ryan Holiday says this, but on page 54 of 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene says this. And then in... How to Take Smart Notes, Sonke Aaron says this, you're not actually writing a book, you're curating quotations. So for the type of stuff that I want to do, I'm leaning far, far more towards trying that voice transcription thing more often. And actually, the more I talk about it here, <laughs> the more I think that that's the way to go for me. All right, one last thing. I can't believe we're already as long as we are. Going back to the idea of experiencing life more, one thing I'm trying to, well, I guess this is kind of related to it's tangent, tangentially related to this, but it's a thought I want to get out into the world. I'm considering canceling all of my streaming, um, not music streaming. I'm, I do enjoy Spotify a lot because I listen to my podcast there and um, I get a fair amount of the audiobooks that I want through that subscription too. But this has more to do with, I think what started getting me thinking about it again is what Amazon Prime is doing right now. If you don't know this, Amazon Prime is going to start putting ads into their into the, the streaming service that you're already paying for. And then if you want to get the ads, you can pay $3 more a month. This is something that Hulu did. This is something uh, Disney Plus did. Um, Netflix has has played around with putting ads in, but they just keep increasing their price instead. I mean, all these companies are just, they're failing. Unfortunately, the, the streaming thing, I think, is going to die. It just doesn't seem like it's a sustainable business model from what I've seen. Um, 
but what do I know? My point here being, I started thinking about that and I was like, you know what? That's, it just, it kind of pissed me off a little bit, not a ton, but like, oh, now I got to deal with ads on here too. Great. I started to think about that whole process of streaming and I started to think about the fact that, you know what? Should I cancel it? Should I just cancel my Prime? Should I cancel Prime? I mean, do I order enough stuff that it saves me money? Probably not. I mean, I order a fair amount of stuff, but not enough that pays for the hundred and something dollars a year. Maybe I spend like, maybe I save like $50 a year on shipping. So if I didn't have it, then I'd be saving another $50. (laughs) Like if it doesn't cost me 120 a year and I only spend 50 on shipping a year, then that's $60 that I get to keep in my pocket. Hmm, maybe. And what my argument always was before was, but I also get Prime Video. Well, now you're going to put commercials in there. It's a little less appealing. So the the dynamics there and the, the weight of the two scales starts to shift a little bit. So I started thinking about that. And what I started to, to realize was I don't care about almost anything that's new. <laughs> I think almost all new movies suck. I think almost all new TV shows are awful. Um, they're poorly written. They're super preachy. Um, they're busy, more busy telling people what they should think or believe or feel than they are with entertaining us. The acting is not good. I, I, I put a tweet about this the other day. I said, uh, okay, old people, I get you now. Old folks, I get you. They don't like make movies like that anymore. Um, and maybe that's, Maybe that's just what's happening. You know, maybe what's happening to me is the same thing that happened to the generation, like the boomer generation or my my grandparents' generation, where um, the entertainment industry changed so much that they were like, ah, and I'm there. You know, it's like most of what I watch is stuff that was made at least 15 to 20 years ago at the at the newest. You know, like lately what I've been watching is reruns of Bones. I've gone through that show probably three times. I still enjoy it. So that got me thinking of, well, maybe I should just get rid of all these streaming things that I'm paying for and just start buying old stuff that I like and just watching that stuff over and over again. And maybe that's enough. You know, I still, I don't have to worry about... um not having variety because there are still things like Tubi and and Pluto where yes, there are ads in both of those, but they're free. So, you know, I, if I want exposure for to movies I haven't seen or TV shows, I haven't seen, uh, even old ones, you know, there don't have to be new ones. I can go to those things. Not to mention, I live in a house where somebody pays for cable. So I have access to spectrum cable for free. So why am I paying for this stuff? And another reason is, to be honest, uh, I'm afraid that some of the things that I grew up with eventually might disappear because somebody's deemed them as suddenly like the worst thing in the world and that nobody should ever be able to see it again. Or or maybe they'll do what they're doing a roll doll, like changing somebody's words in their book. Um, you know, this isn't like some political tirade. It's just more like 
dude, I liked that. Why did you change it? You know, like for example, uh, when I was younger, if if those of you remember when George Lucas re-released the first three Star Wars and he put in new scenes and put in that CGI Jabba and not as good, not as good. Most most people I knew back then, we still had VHS, so we went and bought the original movies on VHS if we didn't originally own them, so that we could watch those versions. So I started thinking, like, maybe I should buy stuff so that I can at least, like, stuff doesn't change. You know, I'm not getting gaslit by the media. Like, oh, no, the movie was always like that, I promise. Like, I don't know about that. So that's another thing I've been thinking about. So, anyways, talked long enough. Uh, if you made it this far, then I don't need to explain to you what digital disaster is. So I guess I should have done that at the beginning of the show. But if you are listening to this as a podcast, um, subscribe. If you've made it this far, you might as well. Because that was a lot of talking. And if you're finding this on X, follow me and comment and like, man. You know? I was just listened to this thing the other day, and this guy was talking about doing podcasts, and he said, here's the truth. This is someone who's fairly successful. Um, here's the truth. You're going to do 150 episodes before you make a cent, and it's going to be 400 episodes before anybody even cares about what you're doing. So keep that in mind when you're out there watching stuff from people. People need encouragement. People need to know that people are checking stuff out because that's the only thing they have to live on for 150 to 400 episodes is the possibility that one or two people out there saw something, listened to something. And I'm not talking about just doing that for me. I mean, for everyone out there, it's really important because you got to support your human creators because they're not going to be many. (laughs) You're not going to know who's a human and who's not in a couple of years. Scary. Uh, 